Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you for joining me. I am so sorry for the absence last week. Had some things going on. It's been a while since I missed a week. Uh, so appreciate you guys hanging in there with me. We are back in action this week. Uh, lots of stuff going on. Since I last talked to you, a lot's happened with a baseball and the Red Sox going on a real hot streak and then petering out completely just losing all their mojo was super fun to have baseball for two extra weeks didn't think we would have extra baseball from the Red Sox this season for them to go further than the Yankees beat the Rays like they were still the last team in the ALE standing so that was really cool and Celtic season's just ramping back up Bruins season obviously just ramping back up and you know things are getting a little dark in the NHL these days there's a lot going on in general with the discussion around uh sexual assault in sports always but I don't know if you don't know what's going on with the Blackhawks and the organization and their former player. It's a pretty dark story. It's hard to read and listen to, but I encourage you to do it um, because I do think it has to, it pertains somewhat to what I want to talk about for our first topic of the day today. And that's what's been going on with the investigation into the Washington football team. Roger Goodell's uh, comments at um, owners meetings this week and just how overall how the league and how Goodell plan to handle it going forward and exactly what we're supposed to do here how to advance the conversation without continuing to say the same things over and over because I think everyone's sick of it we can all come together and agree that the conversation needs to advance maybe we don't all agree on how to do that or how to get there but I want to present an option that maybe works for everybody I know that not everybody who watches me agrees with my stance on certain things, but you guys still tune in and listen. And so I'm hoping that you'll keep an open mind for that conversation. Uh, after that, I do want to talk about what happened on Thursday night football with the Cardinals and the Packers, specifically the reaction to Aaron Rodgers' performance, um, missing his top three receivers and the Packers pulling out the win, how that all went down and why the reaction to it is so bizarre. I think we should get into that a little bit, uh, especially because it, of course, ties back into Tom Brady, one of our favorite topics, not just here on this show, not just in New England, but in all of sports media. So let's get to it. Let's get to the first topic of the day, which is that uh, Roger Goodell announced earlier this week that there would be no further sanctioning of Dan Snyder and the Washington football team in there, they will not be releasing any more of the findings from those documents. This is much to the chagrin of former employees and lots of other people who really would like to know what was going on in those 650,000 documents, as we've talked about previously. Roger Goodell said that he was doing this on behalf of somewhat on the behalf of the privacy of the people involved who wanted to remain anon anonymous. That runs contrary to what we're hearing from other people in lawyers and on behalf of other former employees who say that that is not the case. They have not requested to necessarily stay anonymous. So we're not sure what's going on there. We know that Dan Snyder was fined over the summer for hit, for allowing the culture to sort of disintegrate at the Washington football team. Bruce Allen is no longer with the team. There have been little things, but overall there's no um, systemic overhaul of the team. And 
A lot of what would make that happen is us understanding what was in those documents. It appears that we are not going to. Uh, outside of John Gruden and Bruce Allen previously, no one's really been held accountable from those emails. And that is concerning to say the least, because I don't think any of us are dumb enough to think that John Gruden was the only one saying and doing things that were inappropriate. That's just completely impossible, right? The problem is that their reaction to it is essentially release these documents. These people need to be held accountable. We need to see what's going on behind the scenes. We need to see, you know, everything that's that's happened. And th- realistically, we know we're asking for something because we know what we would find. We know we'd find stuff similar to what John Gruden and Bruce Allen said. We know we'll find stuff from other coaches, other GMs, perhaps even other owners in those emails. And we know that there's a strong chance, if not a 100% chance, that there's more racism, sexism, misogyny, homophobia, all of it. Because While John Gruden is his own person and is certainly not representative of everybody in the NFL, he is by no means an outlier in terms of privileged men in positions of power who may or may not be speaking this way behind the scenes or in front of people, quite frankly. So where do we go from here? Because the constant complaining that we're not going to get what we wanted out of those documents and out of that investigation is only going to take us so far. Realistically, we have to look at why. And the why is what I just explained. There are way, way, way too many people that would be implicated in this, not just directly, but indirectly, right? Every person that gets held accountable for this type of behavior, the way that uh, John Gruden and Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder have behaved behind the scenes, every person that gets held accountable, it creates snowball effect. Well, if they're being held accountable for this, who else is going to go down? And No organization as profitable and as successful as the NFL is ever going to sign up for that willingly. They're just not going to do it. The problem at the Washington football team is not isolated to the Washington football team. It has come out of there because they are sort of the worst of what the NFL can be. They've definitely let it get out of control. There's definitely not, not enough checks and balances for Dan Snyder and for the people that he brings in. They are certainly a an example of the worst of what can happen in NFL culture. But we cannot expect that an organization is going to take itself down from the inside out with no plan and no understanding of how to further fix the problem. The problem doesn't just lie in crappy guys who say awful things. The problem lies in the culture of football and frankly, the culture of America, right? Where we have this performative idea of how to treat human beings. I went on a rant about this with Jarrett in my last podcast. So I won't, you know, subject you to that again, but racism and homophobia specifically are an everyday part of American sports and definitely the NFL. There is a reason that only a handful of guys have ever come out who've played in the NFL and why only one active player is out. It's not because there's only one LGBTQ plus member of the NFL. It's because it is not a welcoming place to be not straight. There is a reason why racial issues have continued to compound over and over again over the years. There's a reason that the league itself has to institute more strict Rooney rules in order to get teams to seriously consider Black candidates for coaching opportunities in a league that is 70% Black. The league itself is admitting it has a race problem by saying, 
okay, we have the Rooney rule. Now we have to make sure every team is interviewing two black head coaches because people are not taking this rule seriously enough. They're admitting they have that problem. So these are issues we know exist. Misogyny, that is a cultural problem. But of course, it gets worse and worse the more male-dominated in, in industry or an organization is. And of course, the NFL is seriously male-dominated. These are systemic embedded issues that have been woven into the fabric of football in the NFL over the course of decades and decades since it was incepted until now. Opening the floodgates to 650,000 documents from one organization is simply not going to happen. And, I, and I'm at the point now where I'm not even sure it would do the thing we want it to do, which is hold everybody accountable. I think what it would do is start to make us think that people are being held accountable and that things are changing because we see people get fired and we see you know proof of the things that we know are going on behind the scenes. And, and maybe some of that would help, but the real, the real thing that needs to happen is every single day, change needs to be instituted slowly but surely. It's a really frustrating, awful reality. But the fact of the matter is, whining and complaining that Roger Goodell is not going to release these documents is sort of a moot point at this point. Roger Goodell has been operating this way for the majority of his time as commissioner. We know who he is. We know how he works. We know that this system of judge, jury, and executioner is how they operate. This is nothing new. We know that the commissioner is rewarded off of TV deals and the income of the league. And it's why that ESPN just released a report that he has made either 65, I think $165 million in the last two years, Roger Goodell himself. You can't ask somebody who is benefiting to such an insane financial degree, somebody who is benefiting so immensely from a constantly growing product as Roger Goodell to kick himself in the teeth. He's not going to, why would he do that? He can't be the one to hold himself accountable. His paycheck, his role as commissioner is at stake. Why on God's green earth would he be the one to do that? We are never going to get transparency from someone who has everything to lose. I mean, he is making generations upon generations of wealth in a matter of two years by overseeing the league as it is. People who are in power want things to stay the same. The NFL continues on an upward trajectory. Messing with that does nothing for the league, does nothing for Roger Goodell. It would do something for women. It would do something for Black people. It would do something for other people of color. It would do something for the LGBTQ community but not the people in power. We got to get in there and infiltrate it. And that is so frustrating, but that is where we are doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You guys know the definition of insanity. We don't have to like it, but this is the reality. Demanding more opportunities for black people and people of color in positions of power, demanding more opportunities for women in positions of power, more executives, more referees, more coaches, Demanding that, demanding that the league recognize, as they did last year, the civil rights issues that Black men in the, in, in the NFL face. Not letting another Colin Kaepernick situation ever happen again. Not letting them convince us that, a, that he's a distraction. After everything we've seen, we know Colin Kaepernick 
could have played in the NFL. Nothing was more distracting than 2020, and they made it work. We have to stop falling for that, right? There has to be accountability. It starts with fans asking for it. They are the most powerful entity of the NFL, really. And at the end of the day, the fans are the most powerful entity. It starts with fans. It starts, it goes then to the media and the people covering the league, not letting them give the easy answers to difficult questions, not letting them get away with skirting the Rooney rule, not letting them get away with a lack of diversity in front offices, accountability over and over and over again. This is going to take a long time. You don't undo a hundred years worth of white supremacy and patriarchy in a system overnight or in 10, even 10 years. That is the battle we're facing as people who are frustrated by the way that this Washington football team investigation has gone. I can't see another tweet about how gutless this is or how they're not doing the right thing. We already knew how this was going to go. We already knew. What are we doing here? You know, it's, it's, I understand. Get a little outraged. Say it, say it to your friends, say it, you know, vent about it. But I don't need long columns about how Roger Goodell is letting everyone down. I don't need long columns about how this is unacceptable. Of course, it's unacceptable. Who's going to hold them accountable until we start getting the people in place that are willing to do it? Until at some point, someone's able to supplant the current commissioner that has a different ethos, a different code of morals and ethics. This is the long game we're playing here. And... We have to buckle up because it's going to be day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. We're playing the long game here, people. I responded very sarcastically to a commenter on my Twitter earlier this week who condemned me for being a fake feminist, saying that if I was really a feminist, I wouldn't cover the NFL because it's all misogynist men, and they're the patriarchy. And as long as I participate in it and profit from it, I'm part of the problem. Obviously, there's some strong cognitive dissonance there, right? You don't dismantle uh, racist, misogynist, homophobic systems of power by avoiding them. More women covering the league, more women being a part of the league is how you get the change to happen. You don't stay away from it so that you don't look like a hypocrite. Not a hypocrite. (laughs) I love football. I love the what it is at its core. And I intend to continue to speak the way that I do about the parts of the league and the sport that I want to see changed. And the more on the inside I am, the more likely it is that I'll be able to help those changes happen in whatever small way I can. I have very little power, if any, to affect that much change. But the but if there's me and there's hundreds more of me in the media doing this, people with way bigger platforms than I am doing this. And then there's the people who are trainers and coaches, the women who are super capable of being on on the inside. We can all continue to further this along. I mean, think about how different sports analysis is now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, because of the diversification of the people talking about it. I think sports are worth it. Bet online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today 
and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Sports have made my life better. I love covering sports. I love talking about sports and I want them to continue to grow and get better so that we're passing this on a better league, a more inclusive league, a better society to future sports fans. So it just keeps getting better. And it's going to be a long journey. And the first step in that is to stop expecting different results from the same people who have everything to lose by subverting their own power. That's not going to happen. Okay, on to some actual football. Hot stuff coming up. The Cardinals lost to the Packers on Thursday night football in a pretty weird game. Looks like the Packers were going to win it. Rondale Moore made a really major mistake, let the ball roll off his finger on the return. Packers got it at like the one yard line. So the Packers have every opportunity to go up 10 points, basically seal the deal for themselves with about four and a half ish minutes left in the game. And the Cardinals stop them, stop them. First down, second down, third down. They go for it on fourth down, knowing they still have a three-point lead if they don't get the touchdown. Cardinals stop them. Cardinals drive it out of the end zone, drive it down the field. A couple of huge plays by Kyler Murray. They've got about 15 seconds left in the game. Definitely a shot at the end zone. Very least, they can kick a field goal, tie it, team goes to overtime, but they've got their shot at the end zone. Some insane communication mishap. Kyler Murray throws it. A.J. Green is on a different planet. He's in a totally different game in his head. He's completely turned around, has no idea the ball is coming to him, and it gets picked off. And the Packers seal the deal in one of the weirdest endings to a very weird game we've seen in a long time. The Cardinals handed their first loss of the season. The Packers continue to roll in these sort of weird wins, but they keep coming through. Uh, Packers were without their three best pass catchers in the game. A big, uh, big performance from from Randall Cobb, uh, their fourth best receiver. Run game came through. That was really the the thing that kept them in the game. And then the defense, you know, bailed them out. Defense got it done when there was a clear miscommunication. So, so naturally, in a defensive game where the run game really stepped up for the Packers, Twitter really freaked out about how great Aaron Rodgers is. It's it's exhausting. So Aaron Rodgers was 22 of 37. He threw two touchdown passes. Uh, he averaged five yards a pass. It was not a great night for Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't an awful night. He did his job. He wasn't turning the ball over. He didn't do anything wrong. He got the job done the way veterans got it done. But he did, by no means, you know, he did as well as he could with the options that were available to him and the game plan for the Packers you know, worked out pretty well. They rushed the ball well, 151 yards. That's what they needed to do. The defense kept them in it. However, if you read Twitter after the game, you would have thought Aaron Rodgers had done something we'd never seen before. You would have thought he'd thrown for 500 yards and five touchdowns to a guy they signed off the street four hours earlier. 
Like he wasn't playing with NFL players somehow. He throws a game-ending pick. Okay, we're worked up about Aaron Rodgers. He gets the juices flowing fine. Here's where people really started running into trouble. And here's where I have a major issue with the way that fans and even media talk about Aaron Rodgers on on Twitter and and just generally on the internet. A guy named Myron Medcalf from ESPN, he tweets, Tom Brady couldn't go down to Arizona without his top three receivers and beat the number one team in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest to ever play the position. Another site with 45,000 followers called Total Pro Sports tweeted, the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers can get it done with literally anyone. Tom Brady needs a loaded offense and top defenses year after year after year. So here's the thing. This is no different than listening to QAnon talk about people putting microchips in the vaccine or listening to Kyrie Irving talk about flat earth theory. It's not even just a bad take. These are people, verified people with a lot of followers saying shit that is objectively, provably false. First of all, you're setting yourself up for failure by ever comparing Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady. Stop doing that to poor Aaron Rodgers. He is a multi-time MVP. He is an all-time talent. Leave Tom Brady out of the equation for Aaron. It only makes him look worse. Every time you compare Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady and then you get your horrible, horrific takes ripped to shreds all over the internet, you're doing you no fucking favors. Let's just get that right out there. Stop comparing him to Tom Brady. Tom Brady has all the records. He has all the accolades and he's played in 10 Super Bowls. Tom Brady's played in six Super Bowls since Aaron Rodgers played in the one he's ever played in. It's a horrific comparison. End of story. You cannot have nine more Super Bowl appearances than somebody and be in the same class. No. I'll even give you three or four Super Bowls if you want to compare people. Nine more Super Bowl appearances? And you're saying Tom Brady can't get it done? Shut the fuck up. I'm not, I am not kidding. If you are verified and you tweet something like that, you should have your check mark removed and have 10% of your followers docked. There have to be consequences to saying stuff that's that are that's this stupid. Not only is does Tom Brady have absolutely nothing to prove, he's won in every single situation, in every single condition. Good defenses, bad defenses, good offenses, historically good offenses, really well-rounded teams, top-heavy teams, teams that don't have depth, teams that have the most amount of depth, different offensive coordinators, different defensive coordinators. He's literally done everything because he's 44 years old and he's been playing in the league since the year 2000. Perhaps most notably, what he was best known for during the Patriots dynasty was elevating subpar offensive talent and leading them to championship appearances and rings. That was the crux of his legacy outside of 2007 and a couple other really like potent offensive years, 2011 with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez and different, like, you know, occasional seasons. Brady's greatest asset was elevating the talent around him regardless of whether they were first round draft picks, all pros, pro bowlers, or seventh round guys that no one had ever done anything with. It's one of the reasons that Belichick was 
criticized for not giving Brady enough to work with sometimes. I don't necessarily always agree with the criticism. I do think there was much more to the conversation, but we can all definitely agree that Tom Brady won Super Bowls with players that most teams wouldn't get to the playoffs with. We know this. This isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't a theory at all. You can look it up. I'm not kidding. We can't let this continue to happen. We can't let these conversations devolve into Rodgers versus Brady because it takes away from the real conversation about what Rodgers is doing, which is impressive in its own right. Winning ugly games, winning games where you're not performing at your best, but you don't cost your team the game is good football. It is impressive. I don't want to sit here and rip Aaron Rodgers after that game, but I also am not going to pretend like he did anything extraordinary. I've seen Aaron Rodgers do some extraordinary shit. Thursday night was not one of those times. He was fine. He got bailed out by his defense, and that's great. That's great. You want a team that can help you out when you are not at your best, when you don't have all your weapons, when you can't perform, when you can't single-handedly win a game. That's why you trust coaches. That's why you stick with teams like the Green Bay Packers who can give you that. That's team building. And good quarterbacks encourage teams to team build. It wasn't some and it wasn't some stroke of genius that he had Randall Cobb there. We all know he forced the Packers to sign Randall Cobb because he wanted him on the team. He wanted his little safety blanket wide receiver. And yesterday, everybody thought it was some stroke of brilliance because Randall Cobb was there, was able to catch both touchdown passes. And oh my God. Realistically, many wide receivers in that situation could have gotten the job done for Aaron Rodgers. Um, it just happened to be Randall Cobb. But if we want to call that a stroke of genius for, for Aaron Rodgers, fine. I'm just sick of these conversations not being a little more nuanced. Because both the teams we watched play last night can end up, end up in the NFC Championship game. And if your takeaway from that was that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time, You're missing so much of what happened in the game. You're missing so much of the analytics that were at play, the defensive strategy on both sides of the ball, the fact that injuries do happen. And even when they do, it doesn't mean you're out of the game because the other team was dealing with injuries too. And the other team was clearly tired. And the other team who have been offensive juggernauts was starting to sputter. That's the beauty of football. The worst thing you can do is watch this sort of messy ugly Thursday night game. There's all these injuries. There's all these mistakes. It comes down to this one play in this crazy interception and turn around and flatten it all out. Take all the nuance out of it, all the weird fun parts, all the, all the nougat in the nuts and the fun stuff, and just take it all out and leave behind plain ass milk chocolate bar. That is Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. It's so not fun. It makes you look like an idiot. It makes you look like you truly don't understand football and that you haven't watched football for more than the last two years. And it takes all the fun out of it. Stop doing that. For anybody who is listening to this, who has even a shred of belief that Aaron Rodgers will ever catch Tom Brady in the GOAT discussion, let me clear it up for you. Let me put your mind to rest. Let me put this to bed for you so you can move on with your life. It will never happen. It's over. It's over. Tom Brady's leading the league in passing yards and he's 44 and the reigning Super Bowl champion. He has seven rings. Seven. 
He has seven rings. It's over. It's done. Not only is it done for Aaron Rodgers, but it was done for Peyton Manning long before Peyton Manning retired. It was done for Drew Brees long before he retired. It's done for Patrick Mahomes, and he's still in his early prime. It's not happening. You are not going to even come close. None of these guys are even going to come close to 10 Super Bowl appearances. And yeah, part of the reason is because they won't be on a 20-year dynasty with Bill Belichick. And part of it is because they are not Tom Brady. Turn the page, perhaps even close the book, okay? And enjoy the football. Enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers follow up his MVP season and this insane offseason with what he's doing. Enjoy watching what the Packers did on Thursday night. Enjoy figuring out what happens with Kyler Murray and whether or not he's still an MVP candidate. Enjoy watching Tom Brady play football like we've never seen someone play and watch him do it at the age of 44. Enjoy all of it. But stop minimizing what Aaron Rodgers actually does by trying to compare him to a person whose league he's simply not in. Okay, that's it. Guys, if you want to hear me talk about the Patriots and the upcoming game against the Chargers, if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday or Sunday morning even, uh, I talked all about it with Mike Debate on Locked On Patriots. Uh, so that should be live already. You can go listen. We break down where the Patriots are at right now, if they are exceeding expectations or underachieving. We talk a little bit about the trade deadline and what may or may not happen. And then we break down the matchup with the Chargers. And so all of the like X's and O's are in there, some good state of the Patriots conversations, things like that. So I don't want to double up on that. Why I do that? I've already talked about it. And it's out there. And I want you guys to support uh, Lockdown Patriots podcast too, because they are great. Mike is great. And I think it's an awesome conversation. Let me know what you guys think. And as per usual, you can tweet at me at Tanya Ray Fox on Twitter. Um, I'm at Tanya Ray Fox on Instagram, at ShamelessTRF on Twitter and Instagram. And I have a couple other things coming up that I'll keep you in the loop on uh, on social media as well. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks again for listening. As always, I appreciate you guys. Have an awesome weekend. Enjoy your Halloween. Post pictures of your costumes if you do dress up. I don't think I'm going to dress up this year, but I love seeing Halloween costumes. I really do. I never get sick of it. So post them, send them to me. And if you're a parent, I encourage you to steal your kids candy and not tell them because they don't know and they're kids and you're in charge. That's the nice thing about being the adult. Thank you guys again for joining me and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.